Hello, lovers, and welcome to another episode of the Soul in the Wild podcast. I'm your host, Brenna Stone, and on this podcast, we talk about all things related to holistic health, sustainability, self-development, and spirituality. This is a place for us to grow and learn together and fully expand into our higher selves. Thank you for tuning in, and let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode seven. It has been a couple months since I've posted, and I always try and be as transparent as I can with you guys. That's one of my goals with this podcast is just to be open and transparent and honest and real and raw and all of those good words um, with you. So I will be sharing in a moment why I have not posted, but I also wanted to mention that today's topic is relationships, not only with others, but with yourself. So we will be discussing that in a little bit. But first, let's talk about some reasons why I haven't posted because they are very personal to me and I'm a bit anxious sharing them with the big wide web. One of the reasons why I haven't posted is because I get really nervous when I go to record, even if I have the subject in my head and I have what I want to talk about. I almost hit the record button and then suddenly I just freeze up and I don't want to do it and I keep putting it off and keep putting it off. And that's due to me thinking, oh, well, you're not good enough to talk about these subjects and you're not qualified, and who would want to listen to you talk about them anyway? And it's not just this podcast that has happened for, it's happened with the previous six as well. I just somehow, like, faced that hurdle all at once and did it, but this time it's been really difficult, and I wanted to share that with you guys because it's very real, it's something not everybody sees, and... I hope that maybe someone out there can relate to it and that this is me encouraging you that who are any of us to speak about anything and you should just go out there and speak your your truth. Another reason why I get nervous posting and again it's not just for this episode it's for all of them I get nervous because like I said previously I try to stay as transparent with you guys as possible and in doing so being that transparent with you guys means maybe sharing parts of me that I have not ever shared with other family or friends that know me in real life and instead hear it through this podcast so That's another reason why I get nervous, because the transparency to be that open, it's just, it's a little nerve-wracking to put yourself out there, but it's something that I feel is also such a beautiful thing, because then it opens yourself up to so many amazing connections with people that you would have never been able to find before if you hadn't revealed that, that little tidbit of yourself. So here I am calling myself out on my own shit and keeping myself accountable to be transparent as possible. A quick little side note before we get into the main subject, I wanted to just 
um, let you guys know I'm workshopping a new intro because I'm not quite happy with the one I have. So look forward to a new intro. I'm not sure when it will happen. I'm just playing around and seeing what works best for me and what I feel suits this podcast the best. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let's take a quick little break before we dive right into relationships. Let's talk a bit about romantic relationships now, seeing as Valentine's Day is only a little bit over two weeks away, and it is always a major event for a lot of people, it seems. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people seem to take this little holiday quite seriously, which is ironic for me to say because Valentine's Day also happens to be my wedding anniversary. Yes, February 14th is my wedding anniversary. And that leads me into talking a bit about my story with my spouse. So my spouse's name is Zach. And we met in May of 2016. We met online first, and then we decided the very same day that we met and started talking online to meet in person, and we went to Books a Million, which for those of you who don't know, and if it's not obvious by the title, it's a bookstore, and it also has a little cafe in it, and we went to Books a Million. And we had mango smoothies, and we had a great time talking about all the subjects, right? Well, come to the end of the date, and I told him, I was like, I'm having such a good time with you. I don't really want this to end. If it's okay with you, can we go to another place and, you know, spend some more time together? And he said yes, so we went to another bookstore. We went to Hastings. That first day lasted quite a few hours. I would say it lasted at least five hours, which is not not normal for your typical first date. So that was the beginning of it all. And then for the second date, we had agreed to go see a movie. Well, the second date is where it gets interesting. Like that was a cute fun, fresh little first date, right? It's the second date that gets a little interesting. So I have, for those of you who don't know, I have four sisters and a little brother. And at the time, I had agreed to babysit my little brother for my mom and my former stepdad, right? Well, it just so happened to be on the date that we decided to go on a second date and I freaked out and I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. I have to try and rearrange a second date. Like he's not going to want to go on a date with me now if I have to like rearrange and reschedule the second date. Nobody wants to rearrange that. Well, he decided to come to my house after I told him what was going on. And I was really nervous. I reassured him. I was like, no, you don't, you don't really have to do that. It's okay. Like we, we can just reschedule the date. It's not a big deal if it's not a big deal to you. And he insisted that he would just come over and it was fine, even though he lived like 45 minutes away. And I was like, okay, this, this guy's pretty serious. All right, cool. 
So he came over and he met my whole family. All my sisters, my little brother, my mom, and my former stepdad. And oh my god, he met everybody. And we can get a little crazy. But it turned out to be a great time. And after I was done babysitting, we went to go see a movie. And it was a horror movie. And I do believe it was supposed to be a knockoff of like the poltergeist. But I had never seen that movie to begin with. Anyway, had a fantastic second date. We went on a third date and a fourth date and so on and so forth. And I ended up proposing to him later that year. And we were engaged for a while. And then we got married. And so now we will have been together four years and married two years in this spring. Next, I wanted to touch on some behaviors that I see especially around this time of year. Like I see them all the time, but especially around this time of year when Valentine's Day is coming up. And those behaviors would be toxic behaviors. The three that I wanted to mention today out of the many that there were are jealousy, blaming your partner for your own feelings, and buying into the relationship. Let's talk about jealousy first. So this one is probably the biggest one that I see all the time in people in my own personal life, people online. And it's like when people get angry when their partner talks or touches or calls or texts or hang out or like breathes in the general vicinity of another person and then they take out their anger on their partner and they attempt to control their behavior and it's not very healthy at all. I'm not saying jealousy isn't healthy to a certain degree because a small amount of jealousy is going to be normal. It's just human nature. It's just how we are wired and you can't escape the jealousy. But what you can do in the event of excessive jealousy where it's toxic is sit down with yourself and really dive deep into why you're wanting to control all these behaviors. Like, is it your own signs of that you're not feeling worthy of the relationship? Do you not trust your partner? Do you think they're incapable of controlling their impulses? Like, what is it that you find that you need to control about this? Simply because it absolutely drives me crazy when I see posts on social media that say, oh my god, if you look at my man, I'm gonna punch you in the face. I'm gonna key your car. Like, no, no, don't do that. That's not good for anybody. It's not healthy, even as a joke. It's just, it's not good. Don't, don't, uh, don't do that. All of this about jealousy is not to say I have not experienced my own bouts of jealousy and feelings of jealousy. And what I had to do was just sit down with myself and try and figure out why I was feeling that way. And now the jealousy that comes is just the healthy and the normal amount and just what you would expect when you're in a relationship with any 
person, even even as a friend. You can get jealous of your friends hanging out with their other friends. So that normal amount of jealousy is perfectly fine, but that excessive shit, you probably need to deal with it. It's hard, but it's so worth it to be able to know that you sat down and you looked at your own behaviors and decided it was not the way to go. It was not healthy for you or your partner. And you can work with your partner and you guys can overcome it together. Maybe if that's something that you want to do. Another toxic behavior is when you blame your partner for your bad feelings. So say maybe you had a bad day at work and you're just feeling really under the weather and you get home and you tell your partner how you're feeling and then you blame it all on them and you're like well if you would have just done this this morning I wouldn't be in this mood like no that your mood has nothing to do with your partner and of course unless it directly does in which case that's a whole nother story but your mood and your day do not relate to your partner at all. So you should not blame them for your bad day or your attitude or whatever it may be because it's not their fault and to make them feel like it's their fault is very manipulative and toxic and it's just not good for anybody. So what you should probably do instead is take responsibility for your own emotions and trust that your partner in turn will also take responsibility for their own emotions. Emotional awareness is a beautiful thing. The final toxic behavior that I wanted to talk about specifically today was um, buying into the relationship, meaning you buy all these gifts and, or maybe these nice trips or maybe you decide you want a child or just to randomly get married and you use those to cover up the issues that may be going on. But the thing is, is that all this just brushes the real problem under the rug where it will always come back out from under the rug and even worse the next time it will go under there this cute little dust bunny and then it comes out and it's a raging giant three-month-old dirty hairball that just like comes out from under the rug and nobody likes those nobody wants those in their life so buying into the relationship is not the way to go. Facing your problems with your partner is the way to go. And if you feel like you can't face those problems in any of these behaviors that I've talked about or anything in general, then the real issue, in my opinion, lies in lack of communication and lack of feeling like you can communicate effectively with your partner. But definitely don't go getting married if you're having all these issues because then you cover them up and then you guys have resentful years and like one you're sleeping in two different beds eventually. One of you's in the living room, the other one's in the bedroom or in two different parts of the house. Like that's not good for anybody. It's a disservice to you and your partner all at the same time. And then if you have children in the mix and you guys decide to stay together, it's not a healthy example 
of what a relationship should be like and your children you look they look up to that and they grow up with that and so honestly it's healthier to get a divorce than to stay married to someone you do not like and do not get along with and if you can't resolve the issues you should just skedaddle out of there because let me tell you and I've told this to other people in my life my own parents are divorced and it is a good thing it is a good thing they were divorced because had they not been, my life would have turned out completely different and I wouldn't be where I am now. And I'm so thankful for where I am right now. So always keep that in mind. If you decide to get married out on a whim, just to cover up some issues that those issues will rear their ugly head and they will come back to bite you in the butt and they will bite really hard. And all of those issues and behaviors that I talked about, including others that I haven't talked about, they all relate to boundaries. When you have those healthy boundaries with your partner, you have, you have, I don't know how to explain it, but you, you have that boundary sitting there and you're like, Hey, this is me. This is my space. For example, um, me and Zach, both have this mutual understanding that we have talked about and now it's just this mutual understanding of um personal time and me time and there are times where we just say you know I need some me time and then we respect that and we will go do our own thing or we'll just sit there quietly in the same room doing our own thing but we realize that just because we're not talking or interacting with each other doesn't mean we don't love each other or anything it just means that we're having our own little time to ourselves and reflecting on ourselves or just maybe decompressing from the day so that's an example of a healthy boundary that I have next I want to talk about the types of relationships there are out there so let's get into that and now let's take a brief intermission Welcome back. Let's carry on with the episode. There are all kinds of relationships out there. There's romantic relationships, sexual relationships, platonic relationships, which would be also known as friendships. There are monogamous relationships, non-monogamous relationships. There are so many out there. But since we are on the theme of romantic relationships right now, and since Valentine's Day is coming up, we'll stick with the theme of romance and we'll talk about monogamous and non-monogamous relationships. So a monogamous relationship, for those of you who are not familiar with the term, is when you are with one partner and that partner is with you and you are exclusive both both romantically and sexually. I would say it's probably the most common type of relationship there is romantic wise and I would say there's even a step further where it's like a classical type version of it or a standard or a formal, I'm not sure what the word is that I'm looking for, but there's the type of monogamy where you don't have sex until you're married, and then you're married to your partner for life, and you guys are exclusive 
romantically and sexually, but then when your partner passes away or you pass away first, they or you are then celibate until you pass away finally or they do and you just you don't have another partner in life you just have them and that's it and that can work beautifully for some people but for others that is not what they want to do so then there's more of like a serial monogamy where you are exclusive with one partner but then you end up breaking up and then you go with another partner and you're exclusive with them and so on and so forth this would be non-monogamous relationships which non-monogamy can be sort of an umbrella term for other types of ethnical non-monogamy um and then there's also unethical non-monogamy which is simply just cheating you can cheat and any kind of romantic relationship you are in whether you are with exclusively one partner or you have more than one partner you can cheat in any relationship it is not good it is not healthy it is an obvious toxic behavior and that's why i didn't talk about it because i feel like everybody should know that it's not good okay back to non-monogamy relationships so there's um polygamy where if I remember right, I didn't look these up before I started talking to you guys about them, which is my bad. Um, but there's polygamy, which I do believe is when a man has more than one wife, and that's found most often in different types of religions I know. Um, there's swinging, where you go to look for someone who is maybe single or in a relationship and you guys all go to parties and you look to be sexually active with other people, but not any further than that. Um, you could be in a exclusively sexual monogamous relationship, but then rom- romance-wise, you could have several romantic partners that you Um, are lovey-dovey with and you spend time with and you love them dearly but you guys never have sex that's a thing that you can do there's polyamory which literally means loving many and that can be structured literally however the person and the people that are involved want to structure it actually like any of these can really be structured how any of the people want to um polyamory is probably the most common out of non-monogamy I would say or there's also open relationships in which to me from my perspective I've always found them to be one in the same but I found that when you say open relationship then people assume that you're just um you're romantically exclusive but you are sexually active with more than just your partner which reminds me there's also hierarchy um non-monogamy where you have a primary relationship and then a secondary one and then so on and so forth if that's what everybody so chooses and desires i keep saying everybody because in non-monogamy all parties should be made if according to how you want to do it they should all be made aware 
and there should be consent all around. You can give it out like Oprah does, consent for you, consent for you, and consent for you. Like everybody needs it. So you got to make sure everybody knows what's up before you just get into a, a sexual relationship or a romantic relationship with another person besides maybe your primary partner because then that's where cheating comes in. And then if they don't know about it, then that's that's the cheating unless it's part of your um, situation where you don't let your partner know because there are those out there. I don't personally understand those, but you know what? Whatever works for whoever um, is in the relationship, I guess. Just you do your thing. Just don't hurt anybody else or yourself or the animals and everybody will be fine. Zach and I are personally both polyamorous. Um, so I say both of us because you're thinking like, well, like if you're in a polyamorous relationship, obviously you both are. Well, you can be polyamorous without being with a polyamorous partner. They could be monogamous and you could be polyamorous and out of respect for them, you are monogamous to them, if that makes sense. Basically, it's called being a decent human being. I just thought of something about open relationships and I, on my years of being on dating apps, I have seen all of those couples profiles where they're looking for a third person to include in their relationship. Most oftentimes, those are just people looking for a threesome and that's usually about it. Sometimes they're genuinely looking for a girlfriend. I can proudly say that Zach and I have never made one of those profiles because we are not those people. That is like those people, they're doing their thing. It just happens to be quite annoyingly obnoxious to come across every other profile on a dating app and it happens to be that and they're like I'm looking for my unicorn and I like to joke around with Zach I'm like you know we're both bisexual we are our own unicorns we don't need you that's it that's my joke hee <laughs> anyway so in summation of all of the types of relationships it's basically in my opinion, whatever works for you and whoever you're with, however many people that may be, as long as you're being safe about it and getting your testing done and using protection or and all of that good stuff and you're not hurting anybody, then I don't see anything wrong with it. You just go out there and you live your truth just as I'm sitting here speaking my truth and we'll all live a happy life. I simply wanted to point out to those of you who might not have been aware of how many different types of relationships there could be in the world, that there are, it seems like, an infinite number of types. I wanted to go back on polyamory real quick before we go into some self-love. Obviously, I am speaking for myself right now and not for Zach because he is his own person and he can speak for himself if he so chooses, but I, it's not something like I knew that there was a word for. I just knew when I was younger, I always was so into more than one person and I didn't understand how I could be equally into 
more than one person and give them equal attention whether they realized I had a crush on them or not. I didn't understand that because I had always, you know, grown up thinking, oh, you can only love one person and then that person is all you can love and you can't love another. And that's not how it works at all. That's not how the human mind um, works. You can definitely love more than one person. You can definitely find other people attractive. Even if you're in a monogamous relationship, it is just human nature. And I know that's where the toxic behavior of jealousy comes from. And you just gotta sit back and realize that you are with your partner. If you're monogamous, you're with your partner. And if they happen to look at another person is not the end of the world. They are with you and you have to know that and trust that. For me, I was just bewildered that I could be equally into more than one person and still give them the attention and all of that. And I didn't really know what was going on until I got more into college and I started like looking into more about sexuality and gender and relationships and all of that. And I was like, oh, there's a word for it, polyamory. I think that's what I would describe myself as because I've always known that I'm capable of loving more than one person. And I was right when I was younger because I have definitely loved more than one person very deeply at once. And it's truly a beautiful thing to be able to do. I feel like it really pushes you to your, and not, not even like bad limits, just pushes you to your limits to see what you're capable of. Like, yes, I can love more than one person. And it, when I feel that excessive toxic jealousy rise up, I also have the power to sit my ass down and be like, all right, what's up? Why are we feeling this way? And I can trust my partner enough to open up to them and speak to them and be like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Why do you think I'm feeling this way? Let's work it out together. And it's just amazing that Zach and I have a relationship solely built on trust and openness and honesty and friendship and love and like our marriage is not the foundation of our relationship that is a piece of paper with some legal benefits if I'm being honest but the relationship is built on so many other factors and that is what keeps it going and I'm getting rambly right now because I'm getting really into it but Four years ago, we are not where we, we were not where we are now. We have come so far and we have learned so much about each other and ourselves within our relationship. And it's just been a really beautiful thing. So always keep your mind open because you never, you never know what could be around the corner waiting for you to help you expand into your higher self. And that's what we're all about around here, right? Okay, so let's dive in to some self-love now. To touch on self-love for a little bit, I will try and keep this short so you don't have to listen to me 
ramble for hours about relationships and love and self-love because I could talk about it for a long time, seeing as it's near and dear to my heart. I want to start off saying that self-love is not selfish. A lot of people I know think that it's selfish to choose yourself over others or your partner, if you have one, or multiple partners even, as we just talked about, but it is not selfish. You cannot pour from an empty cup. If you have nothing to give anybody else, that means you also have nothing to give to yourself. That means you're starting out with nothing for yourself in the beginning, and you need things for yourself. You need that love for yourself in order to love and inspire those around you. That's not saying that you have to be 100% head over heels with yourself in order to be in a relationship. That's not what I'm saying at all because you can definitely have your cup half full and go into things, but if you don't at least have something in your cup, you're not going to be able to give anything to anyone else. Um, date yourself. That goes for men and women and everything in between. Date yourself. It is so much fun to go out on dates with yourself to a nice dinner, like your favorite dinner, and you can order whatever you want. I mean, you can order whatever you want anyway, but there's just something special about being by yourself and getting it. And then go take yourself to movies, go bowling by yourself. I mean, like anything, like go date yourself, take yourself out to nice places. It's so fulfilling and rewarding to do so. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be like a big fancy date. Maybe you just need to go to a bookstore by yourself and just look around for a little bit and then go back home. Like if that's what you want to do, that's good. You're taking yourself out somewhere and you're doing something you enjoy. And to me, I consider that dating yourself. It's also helpful when you're bringing yourself into a relationship to know what you like and know what you want. And so it does not hurt to sit down and journal about who you are, what you want, what your why is, or anything. In fact, I encourage it so much. It is so good to have that clarity. Speaking of clarity, I want to get off track, like way off track, and say that gratitude is probably one of the biggest things that you could express daily to help you get clear. When you're thankful for things that you have or haven't even yet received, you walk around with such a full heart. I started to write down three things that I'm thankful for every single day since last September, and I have them in a journal, and the journal is enough for a whole year, so 365 days, or 66, it's a leap year, and it has changed my perspective on things so much. It makes you so grateful for the little things. Gratitude is such a big thing, and I encourage everyone to keep a gratitude journal if you don't already. The biggest thing to take away from this little self-love 
is you cannot pour from an empty cup. It is not selfish to love yourself. In fact, you need to choose yourself over other people. Uh, I would say 99% of the time. And it never hurts to keep a gratitude journal, to stay thankful for the little things in your life, such as maybe your cat. Maybe you're thankful for not there not being a line in the grocery store today. Just little things like that. We got a little off track with gratitude at the end. However, that is not a bad thing at all. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or would like to simply chat with me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Soul in the Wild and I will be over there. And hopefully we can spark some awesome conversations from this. Until next time, I will chat to you later. Thank you.